0: The Movement Brainery.
1: Welcome to Thoughtlight, a forum for spotlighting ideas, reflections, or thoughts from physical therapy leaders and thinkers across the world. I'm Seth Peterson of The Movement Brainery, but on this show, you won't always be hearing from me. These Thought Lights are brief, bite-sized nuggets driven by the guests themselves. Each episode of the show includes information or an idea meant to make you a better clinician, person, or thinker. Sit back, relax, and enjoy.
0: Well, hi, everyone. My name is Chad Cook, and I am a physical therapist and a professor at Duke University. I have been a physical therapist. This is my 33rd year, so essentially since 1990, and I've been an academic since 1999. And uh, just to give some perspective, the first 10 years of academia, I was also in the clinic at least anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of the time. Uh, So I maintained clinical practice steadily for about 20 years. Now most of my clinical practice is connected to the research studies that I'm involved with. I'm part of four grants right now. Uh, Two of the four grants are directly uh, involved in manual therapy assessment. Uh, One of of the other ones is more of a, a low back related grant, and one is a network grant. I have published a lot of work in manual therapy. I think a lot of folks may be familiar with um, that area as as my genre, uh, but I've also published in another, a number of other areas too, including outcomes research and, um, and, and general uh, development of surveys and a number of other areas. So I wanna give you just a brief uh, kind of time capsule of my evolution of thought over time, and how I've really changed with respect to how I look at manual therapy interventions for patients with musculoskeletal disorders. As an early clinician, it was probably a lot like everyone, and what I wanted to do is really master a set of techniques and an understanding of the philosophy that I approached and get really good in clinical patient care, with the assumption that these techniques would likely improve the outcomes of the patients and maybe elevate me as a clinician above um, where I was previously. I've done a number of studies that show unfortunately that the techniques don't seem to make that big of a difference, that even those that are really skilled with techniques, you won't necessarily see market outcomes differences with those individuals. You may see a reduction of number of visits But I would argue that's probably more of a management and clinical reasoning process than the techniques that are used. Consequently, the second phase of my research toward manual therapy really moved toward reasoning and how can I improve reasoning with my patients? Is there a way to understand the patient better and the other things that are going on with the patient? Is there a way to tag a particular intervention to that patient? Is there a way to identify features in the baseline or during the clinical examination that suggest they're a candidate for a particular type of intervention? Any of those things which would help guide a, a clinician to determine which types of manual therapy approaches to use? And you'll see a number of studies that we've performed on that, whether that be clinical predictional related or within between session designs. And what is troubling about this is, even though there's some promising findings in there, the ability to discriminate who is likely to benefit from manual therapy versus not another intervention, I would argue that none of us have explained that yet. Outside of manual therapy, we've really looked at what influences outcomes. And I've done a number of studies that have supported the fact that where a person's social status is, the social determinants of health, that's going to put a ceiling on their their outcomes in many cases. Certainly psychological elements are going to influence patients. And we also recognize that the biological severity of the condition often places a ceiling on a person's overall outcomes as well. In other words, that individuals are somewhat set at baseline on their ability to improve, but that's regardless of the intervention selected. And in other words, You could use manual therapy, you could use exercise, you could use CBT, you could use whatever, and it doesn't seem to change that ceiling that we see on patients, which is quite a conundrum because this is, of course, very different than what we tell students in school. This is very different than what we train for as clinicians. It's very different in our mindset as a PT where you try to specialize and and prove what's going on with the patient. This is one of the reasons I've been very vocal in combating misinformation about manual therapy when people say it has no effect and it's not useful and it leads to worse effects and all this other nonsense that we often hear on social media. In reality, that's not true because there really isn't a superior intervention. Manual therapy is as good as or superior in clinical trials as most of the interventions we use, and it doesn't seem to elevate itself. And it certainly isn't elevated by something else. It's, it's an, an intervention that we can use in conjunction with a lot of other interventions that we can use that seem to have a very similar effect. This has really influenced me a lot. It's changed the way that I approach patients. And certainly one of the things that I want to know is how interventions work. If everything seems to come to a common ground if they all all the outcomes seem to be similar, regardless of the intervention that you use, is there a reason for this? In 2018 or 2017, we published an editorial in BJSM that basically said one of the reasons their outcomes are similar is because of shared mechanisms. And let me just define mechanisms. Mechanisms are the psychological or physiological processes that occur because of an intervention. In other words, a mechanism describes how something works. It, a mechanism is that direct step or process that influences the clinical outcomes of a patient. And we know that psychological and physiological processes occur in many cases. We, we assume there are specific mechanisms that occur because of, for example, manual therapy or exercise. But in reality, what likely is happening is a set of shared mechanisms where both interventions influence the psychological or physiological processes the same way. So my next line of study has really been about trying to tease out shared versus specific mechanisms in intervention approaches. And and really understanding that process to better explain to patients and clinicians, while we often see these similar outcomes in these large trials, and why it often doesn't seem to matter as much what type of intervention you use, that instead it seems to be that the encounter, that interaction that you have with the patient seems to be the difference maker in that particular case. So in order to do this, it requires a specific type of study. Historically, mechanisms research is very basic it's very iterative it's very um reductionist in that you perform a spinal manipulative approach and then you do a pre and post measure of a particular mechanism let's say you want to measure cortisol in the bloodstream or cortisol with a saliva swab and you 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 take the cortisol first you do the manip and then you take the cortisol next the challenge with that is that's not causal. We really don't know if that change in cortisol or, or whatever mechanism we measure is going to be the reason that we see a clinical outcomes change. What you have to do is actually two things, essentially. You have to measure pre and post, but you have to embed those mechanisms within a clinical trial and actually measure the influence of those mechanisms, the change in those mechanisms to see their mediating effect on clinical outcomes. That tends to be a very challenging trial to perform. Um, we did just receive foundation funding to, to perform this for the cervical spine. Uh, it's, uh, I'm participating with Amy McDevitt and Brian O'Halloran in this. And we'll, we, we will be looking at the role of mechanisms and their influence on clinical trials. The second thing we need to do is actually measure two different clinical approaches to see if those mechanisms, let's say cortisol change, is similar or different between manual therapy and exercise, or if they're the same, and and maybe they're shared. Maybe that both approaches lead to the same type of mechanism. Maybe that change in mechanism is is more psychologically oriented, and, and that psychological mechanism is really what makes the difference in that patient. This really needs to be studied. And and I would argue that this is the next direction that we need to go in manual therapy research. Don't don't get me wrong. There's great benefit in having good hand skills. There's wonderful benefit in clinical reasoning and being able to interact with the patient. All of those things are contextual elements that are gonna make a difference in your overall outcomes with your patient. But what we lack right now, especially in the manual therapy world, Is an understanding of how our interventions work, if they work really any differently than many of the other competing interventions, and whether we can modify this in an interaction with the patient so that we can better tailor those interventions to our particular patient populations. Thanks for hearing me out. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. And
1: I would really appreciate it if you could take just two seconds to leave a review down below and share this episode with someone you know. Also, The Movement Brainery is hosting courses online and in person this year. Punch over to themovementbrainery.com and check us out. Or join our Facebook community, Mindful Clinicians. Thanks for listening. Stay strong.